Welcome back to the Ball and Roll Pick and Pod, brand new episode. Players are starting to test positive for COVID-19, which means one thing, the NBA return is right around the corner. Lots to discuss today. We're talking out the sports guys. We're having our master debate. But first, as always, ballandroll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, your spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Lots to discuss today. Let's get into it. Kevin, what's up, man? You know what's up? I'm feeling really good right now because, you know, I got to see my best friend last week. And then, like, you know, that always brightens up my day. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, wait. That didn't happen. We had to reschedule. No, 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 no. Okay, to our audience out there, I drove. I drove. I trekked through these treacherous mountains, through the deepest valleys, across the 401, came to the city of Toronto, and I look around, and no best friend in sight. The best friends had said he was going to see me that day. Hmm. I'm driving three and a half hours to you on Thursday. Oh, three and a half hours. And you know what? I'm not. I'm not even going to trust it yet. I'm going to okay. wait till the day. I'm not. I'm going to wait till I see you in front of me to be like, oh damn, you came through. That's, that's fine. We can. Okay. Th- you can take a of me arriving and put it on our uh, pick and pot on twitter and pick and pot instagram page which it's gonna be a landslide against you i'm just saying this is gonna be the most landslide uh, uh pull besides tatum versus ben simmons i don't want to bring that up but i'm doing well rich how you doing i'm doing okay um so a buddy of mine actually messaged me the other night saying that uh, he's trying to set up his bachelor party and i asked him when is that supposed to be? He's like, next week. I'm leaving to Texas, like, in a few days. So, yeah, yeah I don't. So I'm kind of upset about that. But other than Wait, that, I, I could take your spot though. Is he you, looking for? You can't though. Why not? Because like you're not me. Yeah, but trust me. <laughs> I'm a savant when it comes to bachelor party uh, events like steakhouse, cigar shops, and good scotch. Rich, what do you know about a good scotch? Nothing, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, but it's not the same though. What you, like, you, wait, what? What are you trying to say? Is there is there any difference between you and I? I'm curious, Richard. There is. You're on the wax right now. What is the very visible, visual difference between us, Richard? No, I'm just saying that the life of the party starts with me. You're just like... Richard, should I bring back some stories? Which stories? I don't know if it's appropriate for the air, but all I can say is that your best friend was a toilet many of the nights that we went out. I am used. What do you mean you're confused? Wait, I'm trying Remember to Ice it. Ice Baby? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Life of the party. My, okay, my that, was, that, was one, that was one time. Uh huh. It happens. Okay. I wish Bill Cosby could have said that. And we got we got to get into our episode right now. We got to get into this episode. <laughs> so um, NBA is coming back in about a month. 
Um, NBA started testing players. Um, obviously, it's inevitable that players will test positive. Like Nikola Jokic tested positive today. A couple of uh, Phoenix Suns players, unnamed players, tested positive. Apparently, a Western Conference team had four positive cases, and I feel like that's pretty expected. Mm-hmm. Are you? Are before we like get into our discussions, I just have one quick question for you that we didn't actually discuss before this. But are you still confident that the NBA season is gonna go without any, without any like issues? So the thing is that I there's no such thing as certainty. I can't give a hundred percent answer. I can I can say I'm very hopeful. I'll give it like a eighty nine percent chance of the season coming back because yeah. I mean, dude, we're, we're living in a time where as overplayed as his word is, it's unprecedented. Okay. Mm-hmm. Things are happening left, right, center, like 2020 started, man. And we're like, okay, we're uh, like, the people are like, okay, they're going to impeach uh, Trump. And then like one thing happens and then the next thing happens. And then the next thing happens and the sports were taken away. So anything can happen between now and the day that, uh, the games are supposed to start in Orlando. So I'm going to give it an 89% chance of starting. What do you think? So, yeah, I remember the beginning of 2020. Um, do I don't even think people got to, like, really fulfill their New Year's resolution of coming back to the gym because before they knew it, everyone was in quarantine. <laughs> um, but honestly, I'm still, I'm still positive. Um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think it was inevitable that players test positive for COVID-19. That's yeah. why NBA teams are starting to test now. That's why they want to get results now, so they can all so all these players can quarantine, mm-hmm. and one can be safe as they transition to the bubble city. The one concern I have is the staff on hand. Like, yeah, we know single player is going to be tested multiple times a week. I'm assuming coaches and and actual team staff get mm-hmm. tested. And they all have to stay on campus, but I don't know the protocol for the staff, like the Disney staff, like whether they all have to stay on campus as well, what their testing is like, how close to the players they're going to be. No idea. But at this point, I think it's too far. Sorry. I just think it's too far into the game where they, you can't just call it off. now. You just got to give it your best shot and try to put it together, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like we just recently heard about news that came out with the Orlando rules where um, if coaches are deemed by the medical professionals that they are at a high risk, they won't be allowed to come on, uh, come to Orlando. So you're looking at some of the playoff coaches who would be taken out. Like, uh, well, not uh, these two guys are not in the playoffs, but, you know, Greg Popovich and uh, Terry Stotts. So but they are still in the in the chase right now or in the run. but they uh, they won't be allowed in, and you look at a guy like uh, uh, Rick Carlisle. He's also above sixty. Or any of these coaches, if they've had any heart issues, any blood pressure issues, any diabetes, like they won't be allowed in as well. And this is not just head coaches. We're talking about assistant coaches, training staff, all that. That could yeah. be a real issue as well coming into the playoffs. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. It's time to uh, see if that whole narrative that coaches don't matter is actually a thing. I don't want to find that out. I don't want to find that out because we're going to cancel like a bunch of really good coaches. Well, exactly. Um, what are we, like what's going to happen with like Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich, and all these guys, my Pat Riley, yeah. all them boys. Yes, yeah, the Zen master tag is like stripped off him. 
<laughs> like he was, he just brought the balls and watermelon slices to yeah. the game. So that's what, these, that's what these guys did. But Damn. that being said, because we know that we're hopeful that mm-hmm. the season is going to be coming back, we decided to talk about players that are going to be on hand playing, competing for a title. So we wanted to talk about the top 10 guys who are going to prove to be the most influential players, the most impactful players for the remainder of the season and the postseason. So we're just going to discuss the top 10 guys. Yeah, go ahead. Are we ranking it uh, in yeah. order? Yeah. But no, why don't we just throw it in no order? We'll throw up 10 guys in no order because I feel like, you know, when we get to like six and we're like, there's this guy. It's like, oh, dang, I forgot to think about that guy. I wish yeah. he was up to, up higher. So let's go in no order. Top 10 players who we think might have an impact. Sure. So, and then we can discuss it because yeah. we're podcast and oh, yeah. we discuss. It. That's yeah. what, you know, we're sports uh, journalists, unbiased sports journalists. So, you know, we I can have conversations, educated conversations about these guys. <laughs> Richard, I'm going to let you take the, um, uh, the first, first shot. Sure. I'll take the first shot. For me, number 10 is going to be Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. They, especially with the Miami Heat. I'm still on the fence. With, just through their first 65 games, I'm still, like after watching what they were before the um, hiatus, I'm still on the fence with them because they had spurts where they were really good. They had spurts where they were really bad. They had the trade deadline where they seemed like the clear one of the clear winners at the trade deadline when when they acquired Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and then they kind of played 500 basketball since the trade deadline. So it's kind of, I'm kind of curious to know who the real Miami Heat team is because I still feel like they have a really good mix of young players and veterans. I think they're very well coached by Eric Spolstra. But I think in the playoff, it's going to come down to just how, how far Jimmy Butler can take them. I think Bam Adebayo is incredibly good and a rising star. I'm a big fan of Tyler Hero. I think guys like Goran Dragic are good role players. But I think I think a guy like Jimmy Butler is going to have to play a huge, huge role for them to even – I don't even know how the schedule – how the standings are going to be set up, but he's going to have to ball out for them mm-hmm. to make some noise in the playoffs. So number 10 for me would be Jimmy Butler. That's a great pick, just purely because we know the type of energy Jimmy Butler brings in the playoffs. We saw that very evidently in the Philadelphia 76ers playoff run the past yeah. year. Uh, yeah. He's a solid piece, and I love that you mentioned Tyler Hero there. He just got awarded um, uh, NBA All-Rookie Fashion Team, so that's that's pretty big for the guy. But guy's a lethal shooter. For a kid that young of an age— He's got a big ego, and that team works well together as a system. And the centerpiece is Jimmy Butler. Wait, and can I ask a question? What? Who, who else was on that all-rookie fashion team? Jordan Poole was on it. Uh, I, see, I can see that. I like huh? his too. I like his hair a lot. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. I can, I don't have it all up on my phone right now, but I'll I'll, I'll figure it out later and tell it to you. But that's a great pick on your first end. So with my. Next, uh, w- with my pick, uh, I'm going to go with a guy named Yusuf Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic was out with an injury, but there is a chance that he will be back healthy. And yeah. for our Portland Trailblazers teams, uh, they need that big man 
in mm-hmm. in the center position for them, and that would yeah. make a huge, huge um, difference in their chances of advancing into that eighth position because they're just right off the heels of Grizzlies right now, and you never know with a team like Grizzlies. They are a young team. There is a chance that they could crumble and fall, fall out of it, and uh, with the help of Nurkic, McCollum, and uh, Lillard, they could boost their way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's that's actually a great pick because while it seems like some teams are are not actually in it anymore, like you, you see the non-playoff teams like the Suns, the Spurs, like they're kind of even even the Wizards, they're kind of far away. Um, I don't know if they're going to play a lot of their veteran guys. Mm-hmm. I, and like I saw, I think it was Adrian Wojnarowski who tweeted it, that they might prioritize giving their younger guys some reps and protect their, their veteran guys. But then when you look at a team like Portland, while they're on the outside looking in, I think their championship window is closing yeah. quickly. So I think it for them, they have to like compete here, you know, mm-hmm. like this their last few shots and I think it's incredibly important for a guy like Yusuf Nurkic to be there like I'm looking at Jesus I'm looking at uh, him last year his production with Portland Blazers the Blazers with him on the court were at a plus 10.1 offensive rating with him off the court it was negative 2.3 that's a 12.4 difference that's a lot he makes a difference man he really makes a difference he like it's, I don't think a lot of people realize like this has been a long season and the Portland Trailblazers were not playing as well as they were supposed to. And a lot of pe- people are down on them, but I don't think they realize how important use of Nurkic was last year in their playoff run. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good pick. Um, you're doing good. You don't have to mention, man. You know me, boy. I come through. There was no research done behind this, by the way. This is just me looking at the NBA standings right now. <laughs> so I have Yusuf Nurkic on here, but like I wish I did. Um, I, I'm with my ninth pick. I'm gonna go with Damian Lillard, though. I think just kind of with what you said about Nurkic and with what I said about the Wizard uh, about the Blazers really needing this. Like they need they they like I said their window is closing. They need to surpass the Memphis Grizzlies and somehow make it into the playoffs. And then no idea. Best of luck to them. But they need Damian Lillard to ball out because he's a guy who he can catch fire and have like four stray games of 50. We've seen him do it even like this season where he just went ballistic. They need that. The Blazers need like insanely good Lillard if they want to make some noise in the playoffs. And if I look at like the teams that are on the outside looking in, in the East and in the West, I feel like the Blazers are that one team that I think can kind of make some noise in the playoffs just because of how good Lillard can be. Yeah. Dude, we've seen Lillard just single-handedly bring back teams uh, in playoff situations. Like that iconic shot, that three-point buzzer beater shot over, I think it was Dwight Howard. It is forever kind of ingrained in our brains as one of the most clutch shots of all time. Lillard, and he has a lot to prove, and he's one of those guys who has that chip in the shoulder. And... He'll be so disappointed himself if he doesn't get a ring. So I think, and looking at the standings, they're so close. They're at the brink. Like Pelicans and um, uh, so Kings, Pelicans, and Trailblazers, they are very close to Grizzlies, and they can actually make a push into getting into there. But 
Trailblazers, I think, have the best shot. Great pick. With my next pick, I have uh, Joel Embiid from the 76ers. So they currently have the sixth position. So going into the playoffs, Simmons is really good. We know Simmons is really good. Tobias Harris is really good. Uh, Richardson, uh, if he's healthy, he's very good. And the same thing with uh, Joel Embiid. Last year, we noticed the uh, how much that team missed him when he was out. Yeah. We saw how the any uh, well. The Raptors, how they play defense against the 76ers. They were able to just sag off of Simmons from the three-point line or when he's in the paint, just double-team him and pressure him type thing. And they play defense that well. But if Embiid is healthy, it gives him a fighting chance of trying to make a little push, push towards uh, through the playoffs. Yeah, I, that, that was actually my number eight guy. Um, Damn. I'm sorry, man. No, that's okay. That was your number nine. This is my number eight. Okay, um, okay. It makes sense, though. So, like you said, Joel Embiid's health is going to be so paramount for mm-hmm. the Sixers' success. Um, you can tell how they played against the Raptors last year when when uh, Joel Embiid was sick, right? They need a healthy Joel Embiid because a healthy Joel Embiid, like last season, he was one of the best defensive players in the league. We know what he can do on, on the offensive end. We know how, what kind of rebounder he is. He has... He is one of the top two best big men in basketball. And you don't want to be playing in the playoffs without a guy like that. Especially on a central site, like the Philadelphia 76ers were one of the most confusing teams I've seen all season. They are elite at home, but they're like New York Knicks level bad on the road. So now with the central site, with no home court advantage, with no fans... I don't know how the Philadelphia 76ers are going to play in this, but I can guarantee you a lot of it is going to depend on the health of Joel Embiid. And I'm really curious to know how he's able to be slowly ramped up uh, in this like weird situation and how they're planning on keeping him effective and keeping him healthy. So that's my number eight. Okay, that's a great pick. I love that pick. Um, with my number eight pick, I'm going to pick uh, Victor Oladipo. Came back from his injury on, uh, in January. And yeah. towards the later part of the season, before everything kind of just shut down, he was putting up pretty decent numbers, 16, 27, 16 type thing. And if he's healthy, you look at you look at Indiana Pacers. They have a pretty good team. Malcolm Brogdon, minus the plancher fasciitis that he has, he's a stud of a player. We know that. Drew Holiday, he stepped. Uh, no, not not Drew Holiday. Just uh, Justin Holiday stepped up. Aaron Holiday stepped up, and T.J. McConnell has been playing much better. Demonte Sabonis has been balling out this year too. T.J. Warren yeah. is there to help out. Like it's a. It's a good team with a great system. We know Nate McMillan runs a tight ship over there. And yeah. if Victor Oladipa is healthy, they can do some damage. That's yeah. that's for sure. So Victor Oladipo is my next pick. Awesome. So number seven for me is Nikola Jokic. And we know right now he's got COVID, but it seems like he has been asymptomatic. But we know that the Denver Nuggets go as far as Nikola Jokic takes them. Like he is the best big man in basketball ball and he is he is able to do so many things on the court it's incredible to watch him like the way he scores the way he can facilitate the basketball even on the defensive end he's not a bad defensive center while he's not an athletic guy that say someone more like Joel Embiid is Nikola Jokic is still a really good defender because he's opportunistic and he has a high IQ and we just see that high IQ on display on 
both ends of the court. He, that, he's a superstar, you know? Like, when we talk about unicorns, like, big men unicorns, like, Nikola oh Jokic, that, you know? Like, he's yeah. hard to stop. You have to, like, game plan for the fact that he can do so many different things on the court. Um, I think the Denver Nuggets are, like, one tier behind the, the elites of contenders. But I think it's going to be Nikola Jokic who can maybe push them over the edge and surprise some teams. Great pick, great pick. Exactly, if Jokic is healthy, and you look at Jokic now too, we, we thought going into uh, this little break that he's going to put off, put on a little bit of weight, right? Yeah. But you saw, you see pictures of him, and he looks skinny, man. Yeah. Dude, he Mark looks Gasol. like. I'm sorry. Did you see, did you see Mark Gasol? Dude, did these guys go guys go vegan or something? Like boys look so thin. Like they are the ideal frame for a big man. Like yeah. a, a big man that plays like them. Like who pass first, uh, spread the floor. Uh, like they, because both of them, they don't really have to worry about boards. Jokic is not known for boards, so I don't think losing weight is really going to affect that that much. Yeah. But well, Jokic still grabs like close to ten boards a game. Yeah, Marcus but, Paul, no, no, because yeah. Jokic is but it's still sub sub ten. Is for it? a big man, it's you just expect for a big man to go above ten every time. But like the thing is that Jokic, he's not a rebound specialist. He's a pass first guy. He's a great playmaker. He can score if, if he has to. So you look at him right now. He looks like he's in great shape. So I, I totally yeah. agree with you. Once healthy, Wait. he'll be. What's up? Yeah. So Jokic, first of all, Jokic is averaging ten point two rebounds a game, but. Additionally, like you see all these guys getting. But do, are, do you do you say Jokic is a rebounding specialist? Do you have him on your team for a rebounding spe- uh, specifically? Like you look at a guy like Stephen Adams, that's a rebounding specialist. I do you have Jokic on your it, team for rebounding? I think Nikola. Well, I mean, I have part of the reason why I would have Nikola Jokic is because of rebounding because he's a big body inside, so he can bully his way to rebounds. He's not going to be like an explosive rebounder like a Steve Adams or an Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. But I think he's he's able to use his IQ and his size to get rebounds. He's not going to I'm looking at his 2018-2019 player grades. His rebounding is the weakest part of his game. But he's a lead in like so many different facets. Exactly, but that that's the thing. You don't you don't get a guy like Jokic in order to go and secure like 15-20 boards. You get a guy like no. him to go play, make, and score. That's what I'm sure. saying. Losing the weight is going to help him in that uh, uh, sort I, of section of his game. Sure, I actually think um, like you, you we see a lot of these guys getting skinnier. Like even Kyle Lowry looks incredibly like lean right now, and I think it all comes down to. Like, this is a small sample size. It's no longer a marathon. It's more of like a race, right? So I feel like teams and, like, their trainers are trying to condition these guys more so to be, like, as explosive, as athletic, as quick as possible for, like, the short run, you know? Not coming in too thick because of the increased injury risk, maybe, because of the long layoff and then coming in, like, thick, thicker, you know? Like, I feel like if at the beginning of the season when there's 82 games, and then you have the playoffs. It's a long season. You need a little bit more size to deal with the with the with the wear and tear and all the boxing out against big men. I think now with a smaller sample size, I think that's why we're seeing so many guys just getting leaner. You know, because small smaller sample size, you have to just go go go. And I think this will also help them just stay healthier for this short short burst. 
for sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. That's a number good pick on your end. Eight. I'm sorry? Thank you. Yeah, number seven for you. Number seven for me, I'm going with Chris Paul. Chris Paul, um, when they got traded between Chris Paul and Westbrook, both teams ended up with 40 and 24 seasons so far, which made absolutely no change after the trade. But with a yeah. young team like Thunder, who are just exciting to watch with Shy, Steven Adams, all them boys over there, like Chris Paul could be the guy that really helps them go towards the future. Uh, we saw how much he was missed when uh, when he was with Houston after he got hurt. That yeah. People say that was one of the biggest reasons why they weren't able to advance into the finals last year, just because Chris Paul was out. But if he's healthy, he could really help the Thunder out this year. Yeah, and I, I, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before. I believe it was the year before that when Chris Paul was hurt, when when the, when the Warriors were down 3-2. But it seems like everybody counted out Chris Paul and then he just shows up with the Thunder and he becomes an all-star again. And you're like, where the hell did this come from? Like, we thought this guy was like on the decline. And then he comes here and he's like an all-star. He's quite possibly the one of the most valuable players in the league again in his, like, 50th season. So that's a really good pick. Um, my next pick, number six, is going to be Jason Tatum. Um, I think we're when we look at the Boston Celtics, they're super super interesting to me in the sense that they're a top five offensive rate. They're a top five offensive team. They're a top five defensive team. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt their defense, but offensively, it's going to be interesting how how they're going to play in the, in the playoffs. I think they have four guys who go out and score twenty points on any given night. But what we saw that month that Kemba Walker was injured, Jason Tatum elevated his game, and he looked like a literal superstar in that month without Kemba Walker. So I'm curious how Jason Tatum is able to translate that over after the hiatus. Mm-hmm. Like I think, like I know I argued for Ben Simmons, but I I will never say that Jason Tatum is not incredibly polished offensively. He, mm-hmm. Like even coming out of Duke, he was one of the most polished offensive prospects I've seen in years, right? He's a great offensive player. I'm just curious if he's able to sustain that in the playoffs when teams are game planning more after seeing that month of like incredible bursts from Jason Tatum. And if he's able to sustain it, well, the Boston Celtics are going to be, they're going to be really, really dangerous, especially with Kemba Walker now healthy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, with my next pick, which one is a sixth, sixth, so we're going six right now. Yeah, so sixth pick, I'm picking Christoph Porzingis. Uh, if Christoph Porzingis stays healthy and uh, uh, plays well with the Mavericks, mm-hmm. they are going to do well. Because Luka Doncic and Christoph Porzingis, they have the potential to be one of the best one-two duos in the league, just purely because both of them are very, very talented, and their ceiling is still not met for each of those guys. So, Corsas Brzingis would be my next pick. That's actually a, what I had coming up. I had Christoph Brzingis as well. Yeah. And yeah. number five, because the beginning of the season, Christoph's is still kind of slow, not mm-hmm. really the same as we saw in New York, which wasn't to be expected because he just has, he hasn't played bas- competitive basketball in a year and a half coming off mm-hmm. of torn. But then leading into the hiatus like the last month month and a half like we saw him really really step his game up like he started 
looked really, really good defensively with blocking shots and started shooting the ball better. He started looking more and more like that Chris Porzingis who was an all-star with the Knicks. Yeah. And yeah. Like, like Dallas Mavericks, they're they're seven they're seventh seed right now. So everything's gonna be against them. They're a really young team. Luka Doncic is really, really young, but really, really talented. We have no idea what's gonna happen with their coach who's older guy and Rick Carlisle, so we don't know what the NBA is going to decide to do there, but mm-hmm. I mean, Christoph Porzingis can just come in healthy, kind of building off what he did right before the hiatus. I think that's going to benefit the Dallas Mavericks, and they have two, two of the best young, talented players in the league on the same team, and they can make some noise. Yeah. That's my number. That's a great pick. Um so my next pick, I'm picking Donovan Mitchell. So Donovan Mitchell, he's been having an iffy year so far uh, compared to his last season. Um, Utah Jazz, they have a great, great, great team around Quinn Snyder. Uh, Rudy Gobert, clearly, he's he's one of the most talented centers in the league, arguably one of, uh, the best center in the league. Uh, maybe not statistically, but if you look at the advanced stats and what he brings to the team when it, uh, in order to win games, Joe Ingles, he's been very productive for that team. And if a guy like Donovan Mitchell, he, if he gets consistent and puts up decent numbers, then a team that's in the fourth, uh, fourth, uh, fourth place uh, in West, they can actually move a few rounds forward. Yeah, I think it's going to be also interesting to see uh, how the dynamic between Mitchell and Rudy Gobert is going to be. I the thing is that at the end of the day, I hope these guys are professional. Like that, yeah. it sucks what Rudy Gobert did, and we went over in the past podcast where we said it was absolutely stupid. He was just really, you know, testing, testing the mm-hmm. limit. Um, but at the end of the day. We have to be kind of uh, together uh, with the vision, like what we want from the season. Do we really want it to slip away just purely because of one guy was an absolute moron? And are we going to let that guy's mistake just ruin my future? Or are we going to go out there with the unified vision and try to get a ring this year? Yeah. Like, honestly, man, to me, I think the Utah Jazz are fucked. Like, bogged down so? McDonough. Uh, because Bogdanovich is done for the season. He had a wrist surgery. So yeah, yeah. one of his questions with the Utah Jazz for literally years now, even back when like Gordon Hayward was there and they were competing, they were a really bad three-point shooting team. And they brought mm-hmm. in Bogdanovich, who averaged, tw- I think, 20 points per game. And it was yeah. one of those their great three-point shooters. And now it's just Joe Ingles. And we expected so much more for my, from Mike Conley when he came here and it just never happened. I think... Donovan Mitchell has to play out of his fucking mind for them to play, be be good. Either that, or they got to figure out a way to make Mike Conley fit here because yeah. they haven't been able to do it. I mean, they did bring like Emmanuel Mudiay over, hoping like they can try to uh, create something out of him. But he's yeah. just been a bench role guy. That's about it. But I mean. Donovan Mitchell last year, he was playing out of the mind, uh, like out of his mind type thing. You know, he was Spider-Man. He was just dunking on everybody, hitting every shot available to him. He was that guy. And if Mike Conley, he he doesn't have to be the Mike Conley he was with Memphis. If he's just, you know, just a good playmaker and smart defensively, able to set up the other guys, they could uh, they they could be a good team, a formidable opponent to many of the teams in the West. Yeah. I agree. 
Um, I hope so. Like, yeah. I, I think they're fucked, but I really hope so because I, I, I think Donovan Mitchell is really, really fun to watch. Oh, and there's, there's nothing I love more than a defensive-minded big man. And really, um, my number four pick is Kyle Lowry. I think, we're, and we're gonna get into this a little more when we do our master debate. But I think now with Kawhi Leonard gone and so many people doubting the Raptors in the playoffs, I think people undervalue the type of presence that Kyle Lowry brings, like the veteran leadership, the way he runs this team, the maturity. Like he's. He's one of those guys who does things that don't always come up on the statue. Like, he, he takes all the charges. He plays an extremely good defense without needing to get the steal or the block. He sets up his oppo- his teammates. He's essentially an extension of Nick Nurse on the court. He does so much. He, he, re- he pushes the tempo of the game. Like, the Raptors take control of the game's tempo because mm-hmm. of And now with a much, I mean, no Kawhi Leonard. It's, a lot of people are expecting a guy like Pascal Siakam to take that next step in the playoffs. But for me, I think it's going to be Kyle Lowry. Who they need, they need him to be that leader in the postseason. They need him to to score. They need him to facilitate. They need him that leadership, that mentality on both ends of the court. And Kyle Lowry gets slept on a lot, but I think he is one of the most underrated players in basketball year in and year out, and the Raptors are going to need Kyle Lowry a lot. Because I think yeah. they're really good. I think they're very well coached. I think they have a great culture. And on the court, it starts starts with a guy like Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. And that's that's who I, I had. I was mm-hmm. thinking about going next, but uh, if not him, I was going to go with Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, uh, we saw how important he is to championship teams anywhere from San Antonio Spurs to the Toronto Raptors, but um, he does have many health issues, like health injury issues, just due to the injuries that he had in the past. Um, hopefully the, all this time, uh, the rest and everything was very beneficial for him. But if he is healthy and Paul George, he's been very inconsistent throughout the season because he would have been also another person that I would have listed on this list. But um, even with Paul George being inconsistent, inconsistent, uh, Kawhi Leonard has to put out his A game. Like they have a pr- really, really good team. Like Montreal Harrell, uh, Lou Williams, uh, Kawhi, and Paul George. They've been playing really well. Like Zubak too. Like they, they, and having a guy like Doc Rivers running the show. You have no excuse to not go for the ring this year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I actually had Kawhi number three. I think the Clippers are probably the deepest team going into Orlando. Like Patrick Beverly is over there. Like Landry Shamet, who's really, really good and really, really undervalued. Like they brought in Marcus Morris. You know, they brought in Marcus Morris. They even guys like at the very end of the bench, like. Joachim Noah brings some kind of presence like Reggie Jackson in like short bursts could provide something. They're a very deep team, but I completely agree that it's, I think, I, I think Paul George is incredible. Like last year he was top three finalist and then for the MVP. But I think with what we saw from Kawhi Leonard last year in the postseason, like if he's able to do that again and if he's healthy, like yeah. Jesus Christ, like I've, I've watched basketball for close to 20 years mm-hmm. and I've, I've very rarely seen 
performances like that. Like that was LeBron level playoff performances, like Dwayne Wade level, like in the 2006 finals or whatever it was, you know, like it was on that level. Yeah. So there, there's only a few guys in this game where all the chips are against them. They're able to take the game and take it over with them, with themselves. Yeah. Kawhi is one of those guys. For sure. And dude, like last year, people were talking about how Kawhi's playoff run was similar to Michael Jordan. When you're in the same yeah. sentence, Michael Jordan, like you're doing something right. And Kawhi is healthy, man. Dude, the Clippers are going to be so scary. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. Like, they, they have a co six man of the year <laughs> award candidates over there. Their oh. their bench is better than many starting lineups in the league right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's there is squad to worry about. Okay, so uh, that was your pick, right? As well, Kawhi. Yeah. Okay. Well, my next one. Okay, so this one is not ranked, of course, but. Um, so it can be even like the last on my list, whatever. So uh, Jamarcus Cousins. So he is healthy. There are rumor, rumors that he could join a team, but there's also rumors saying that he, he might not, and he might just concert on 20, uh, 2020, 2021 season. But you look at certain teams, you look at a team like Milwaukee Bucks, you look at a team like Celtics, you look at a team like uh, Houston Rockets, they kind of need a big, big man. Uh, somebody who can control the pain, somebody who who's a big body that kind of uh, can give a little bit of resistance to other uh, uh, other teams in there. So a guy mm-hmm. like Demarcus Cousins, who they could get for real cheap right now, could help them out over there. Also, if he somewhat helped uh, any team advance, that would be really good for his resume as well going into the next season to secure a pretty decent contract. What would you, if you were Demarcus Cousins? Just like, just, let's assume he's healthy. Would you sign, or would you just wait, focus on getting ready for next year, staying healthy, mm-hmm. and getting so, getting like a one year like veterans minimum? It's what I'm assuming he would get. What would you so do? that's the thing, right? It's because like you go for the veterans veterans minimum and try to create one year of uh, mm-hmm. resume in order to warrant more money. If that's yeah. his goal, right? If money is his goal, that's what that that that's uh, would be the game plan to just signing a veterans minimum next year. But well, that you're looking at an 82 game season where you have to create a resume on a million and a bit, which is all right because yeah. I'm sure he has enough money already. But for me, this is a high risk uh, kind of decision signing on to play for the postseason. You'll sign on to play what maybe I don't know anywhere under like 30 games. In the postseason, it's like way under 30 games, of course, in the postseason. But you play that and create a decent enough resume to maybe even get a little bit more money for next year. It's a high risk. Um, now, I wouldn't say high reward, but a decent reward uh, sort of a decision. for. So for me, I might sign up to play postseason. And imagine if he signs up for a team like Milwaukee Bucks. They have they're they're up there in the chances on going and getting a ring. So yeah. this way, even if he sat on the bench and played like two minutes, he can he has a chance of getting a ring. Sure, I, I guess. Like I think with the Milwaukee Bucks, they have a lot of really good things going on there with Brook Lopez just find, finding the fountain of youth up there, and they have like a bunch of big guys like Robin Lopez. Obviously, Giannis can play up there. Like Marvin Williams is like a power forward kind of guy. Dude, yeah, but, but when you're going against Joel Embiid, 
Yeah, I I understand that. But when you're going up against Joel Embiid, I they can use Brooke or Robin Lopez or Jan. Brooke Lopez. They they tried that last year with Brooke Lopez. It didn't work. I I just I just don't think the thing with Demarcus Cousins to me. If I was him, I would sit out and just focus on just yeah. getting healthy as possible. Like I want to be as healthy as possible. Like I don't think there's anything he can do this in this small sample size to prove that he's worth more than a veteran's minute because everyone, when he enters free agency, everyone is going to be aware that this guy's track record in terms of his health is really scary right now. Like it's in scary waters. Like everyone knows what a healthy DeMarcus cousins could do. So I don't, I just think a lot of teams are going to be very wary when looking at a guy like that, who's now entering his thirties, Coming off two catastrophic leg injuries, mm. you maybe third, I think there was like a third small one in the middle there when he was with the Warriors. Like I don't know, it's a guy well, that yeah, I like, dude, he's not going to get a thirty million dollar contract. He's he won't even get a ten million dollar contract. No, like, yeah. that, that's certain. There's way too much risk over there in order to warrant that much. Well, I'm, I'm I'm not even talking about money. I'm I'm saying I can't even see him getting a second year in a in a contract. Yeah, that's so, the thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> So um, what I'm saying is I'd rather him just get as healthy as possible. Don't worry about this like 10 game stretch or whatever, because there's nothing you can do to prove anything to a team. Stay healthy okay. and get signed on metro minimum. And then so, do, because right now, if he mm-hmm. comes back and signs like a 10 day contract mm-hmm. and he gets injured, he's done. His NBA career is done. But, but imagine Lakers as a team right now with Dwight Howard saying he was going to protest the uh, yeah the Orlando and you know we'll find out tomorrow whether well, tomorrow or day after tomorrow whether yes. he actually ends up going or not but you know there's a center position available over there a guy like Demarcus Cousins who already has previous history with that team gets re-signed over there you're telling me why would he deny an opportunity to go get a ring like there is a very high chance if you sign, sign on with a team with LeBron James that you're going to go in and get a ring and the chances of you playing are very low as well because that LeBron Anthony Davis duo, that big man, small man duo, that's what's probably going to be ran throughout most of the playoffs. If you look at the West, uh, there's not many solid big men in that league. A lot of those guys, you, uh, Jokic, you, you know, jazz probably has the only real big man and Rudy Gobert, but you look at rockets, PJ Tucker is the only real big man over there. So mm-hmm. they, they wouldn't even have use for him, but they have it. He has a chance of getting a ring. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if his goal is to get a ring and like just a participation ring, then by all means, if his goal is to like get healthy and and get secure that contract with some team, because there will be teams interested in giving him that veterans minimum and just seeing like what he can do if he stays healthy and whatever, it's, it, it'll come down to his priorities, I feel, because I'm sure. If he if he's just wants a, that ring, I'm sure some team is gonna say, "Hey, we we have a hole here at big man, especially if like a like a Dwight Howard doesn't come and like the, the Lakers especially. If Dwight Howard wants to protest and Javel McGee, I think he has like asthma or something, and I don't <laughs> no like legit like if I, know, hurt, I know you, I know you I I got borderline asthma too, but you understand. Um, but but yeah, we'll see what happens there. For my number two, I got LeBron. Because LeBron is still the goat to me, and I mean, when a team has LeBron James, they have a chance to win any year. So 
because of that LeBron James. Yeah. So that was my next pick. So in our, uh, because of that, I'm going to move to my number one pick. Then my number one pick would be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, very young. There's still a lot of questions and what he, what else can he bring to the game in order to improve his chances? We already know what he, what he offers. He can dissect the defenses, just cram it on anybody. Uh, nobody can stop him in that sense, but how much can he stretch the floor? Uh, how much is he going to test the defenses? What else, what else do, uh, could he offer in order to kind of help him go to the finals and also get past the finals last year, when we looked at, um, uh, there are some of their last few games in the playoffs. We saw mental lapses in some of his decisions. Uh, that could be just because of his youth. So hopefully we, we want to see like how much he has matured in order to avoid that and make composed decisions, which help him. Yeah, I, I agree. And honestly, at this point, like Giannis is going to take that team as far as they can go. He yeah. is clearly to me, the MVP of this past season. I don't think it's even close. Like LeBron James is, had an incredible season, but I think Giannis was just that much better. Um, and that, that's really it with, with Giannis. He, he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to win MVP. So he, is, he has been the best player all around this season. You know what sucks? He, they were 53-12 and 12 before everything ended. Yeah, dude, they were ready. They were firing on all cylinders. Everyone was healthy. Everyone was ready to go. Like, dude, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be dangerous in the postseason. Like, they have everything. They have shooters, they have length, they have beef. Nobody gets scoring them into paint because of their size. They're athletic. They're, they have playmakers with, like, guys like Bledsoe as well. And, like, dude, they're going to be. That, that kid, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, he's a baller, too. I love that. George Hill has stepped up. George Hill George. has really stepped up and been playing really well for them. Yeah. 100%. George Hill is a guy who's been playing really, really well. Dante DiVincenzo came in and stepped up because they just lost Malcolm Brogdon, who was like borderline all-star. And he's, yeah. he came in and played really well. Like, Chris Middleton gets shit on a lot for some reason on Twitter, but like I think he's really, really good. He's a stud. He was an all-star. Exactly. He's an all-star. He's a great three-point shooter. He's a great scorer. He... He's not obviously like that top tier all star, but he's still an all star. He's legit, right? And having that behind Giannis, like you're stacked, dude. And they have a lot of like pretty good role players too. Like Wesley Matthews, he's not going to give you like big numbers, but he's a role guy who, which will yeah. help the team. And the, a guy like Arizona Eliasova, he's of course much older than uh, most players, but he comes in there with that veteran presence. But he's able to contribute a little bit as well. Like that team has run really well. And of course their coach, we can't forget about the coach. The coach was in position to, well, he won. Didn't he win coach of the year last year? Mm -hmm. I think, no, no. Who won coach of the year last year? Last year? Was it Nick Nurse? No, no. But yeah, coach Bud. Yeah, coach Bud. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah. So he won coach of the year last year and he might've had a good argument in order to become coach of the year this year as well. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, 53 and 12, that's not worthy of coach of the year? No, it's worthy. I'm just saying Nick Nurse is on a whole other, in a whole other stratosphere, man. Yeah, I guess. He's, what, uh, seven games behind? Seven games behind, and with all the injuries, with no uh, Kawhi. That's fair. No, it's true. We were canceled before the season. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Who do you have in number one? Yeah, I had, well, 
Giannis as well. Giannis as well? Oh, damn. Okay. Shall we see who the next, the next great master debater is? Yes. I mean, we all know how last week's master debation ended. Uh, wait, wait, ended. wait, wait. Why did you say that? What? That way. Master debation? That debation is not a word. This is not? Oh, damn, I bad. That's on me. You know, sometimes muscle memory, you know, when you close your eyes and shoot from the three and you hit it, just because you've been there before, that thing. So, yeah. Go on. Anyways, we all know the last week's Master Debate champion. Um, I don't really want to toot my horn, but uh, the people spoke. The people spoke that I was I won. Lamella Ball would be what they would pick as well. I think, let me see, what was the split? 79% to 21%. So I wouldn't say a landslide. It was, it's, yeah, I don't know. If it's like more 80%, that's my threshold for landslide. So 79%, you just, you know, you just so avoided it. I'm sorry. Okay. 79 to 21, that means it was neck and neck still. It was neck and neck still. I mean, anything could have happened. But, um, yeah. yeah, anyways, people spoke. That's that. But, you know, that's just that's just a battle. The war is still happening. Um, yeah. There are many more battles ahead of us. And one happened to stumble upon our laps this week, yeah. which was, do you need a superstar in order to win a championship? Me? Kevin I'm saying yay. yes. Yay. I say nay. You say nay? I say nah. Let's, okay, let's that's play. fair. I let's have. Play. Let me just prep my timers. Let me pull out my argument points, which is three words because this is very last minute. Even though I knew about the topics yesterday, um, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest, Kevin. I know I'm arguing for the nay, but if no, I no, no, arguing, no, 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 Richard, Richard, no, 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 no. No, you're what you're doing is as inserting bias into the into our argument. Fair, fair. You go first. You go first. You have, you, I strongly believe in my argument, and you strongly believe in your argument, and that's the end of it. Like, I will go to the grave right now with sure. this side, same as you, okay? All right. Now, since I am the winner, I will bequeath uh, – is it bequeath? I think it's bequeath. I think that's the term. I will bequeath the first turn to you. No, no, no. I, I won. Oh, no, no, no. Richard. I won first last time. You can't no, just – winner bequeaths. Okay, first of all, I'm Googling bequeath. Let's see. Sure Leave to a person or other beneficiary by a will. Yeah, I'm bequeathing it upon you. I, I, I don't think, no. I don't My think verbal that, will. It counts. No, no, Kevin, you're going first this time. You can't just keep telling me to go. How do you dictate what a champion does? Go first. Jeez, okay. Damn. Okay. Uh, all right, all right, all right. So first argument. Here we go. Start the timer. timer starts now. Superstar. Noun. A high-profile and extremely successful performer or athlete. Okay? So what? who do we say is a superstar in the league? To me, almost every team, you can pick a player and be like, that's a superstar. Because it's perspective at the end of the day. To me, I, I Jimmy Butler is a superstar. To some people, Kyle Lowry is a superstar. Pascal Siakam is a superstar. If that's the case, almost every team that's won has had a superstar on their team. Mm. Therefore, that's my first argument. 34 seconds. Boom. So, wait. I have a question for you mm-hmm. before we get into this. What are we categorizing as a superstar? Uh, I mean, if you had listened to my first argument, you know, diligently, you will know that it's noun. 
Yeah. Uh, a high profile and extremely successful performer athlete. Okay, but what's what's the how are we differentiating between a star and a superstar? Because like a guy like like Kyle Lowry, I wouldn't say he's a superstar. A super- you're telling me Kyle Lowry isn't a superstar? You've argued over the past year on how much he's a superstar. No, no, I never did. I just oh, said he's a star. Richard, he's a star. I didn't. I've Richard, never. Do you think him. he's just a star? I think he's still a, just a star. Like to me, oh, I, think I think superstars are like here. I'll, I'll tell you. I think superstars to me are guys like James Harden, Steph yeah. Curry. The West yeah. for Kevin Durant, Giannis, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, those guys. Like the so what are the, the number lead. differences between them and Kyle Lowry? So for me, a superstar is a guy who is going to be a no doubter first ballot Hall of Famer. You don't think Kyle Lowry will be a, a first a first round um, first ballot Hall of Famer? No, I don't think he should be. I. Uh, I, I'm a hard no on that. I don't think Kyle Lowry is the first ballot. Oh, man. You you pick and choose where your loyalty lies. No, no, no. I, you, I'm, I'm, well, last year, I argued with you and so many of the Raptor stands on our podcast regarding how I don't think Kyle Lowry is that great. I Meanwhile, think, right. you are like, you no, know, you used to argue how he's a superstar. No, I wasn't. I never argued that he's a superstar. I think a superstar is like the lead of the lead. I think Kyle Lowry is below that. I think Kyle Lowry has an outside shot at becoming a Hall of Famer. You know what? Okay, how about this? We'll leave it up to guys like Kawhi Leonard, okay. James Harden, LeBron James, Clyde Drexler, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, uh, Larry Bird. Wait, these are NBA champions I'm listening. Damn. Uh, Chauncey Billups. All those guys. My bad. Okay, anyways, that's, that's not me. That's not even an argument. I, I don't know why I'm shouting out an argument right now when it's your turn. You know what, Richard? Sure. Fine. I, I think it's important that we understand what each of our um, definitions for a superstar are. Okay. For me, guys like – okay, you can start my clock. For me, a guy like Lowry and Pascal Siakam, they're not superstars. Pascal Siakam could eventually be a superstar, but he's not there yet. To me, I think it's very what, – what it hasn't – there's no sample size for it to succeed in the NBA yet just because everything's so star-driven. But I feel as we get more and more into analytics, I think we're, NBA teams are going to start to find cheaper ways to beat the market, find economic advantages to construct teams that are more – that are deeper, more shooting, more defense, more guys who can play on both sides of the court. And once, and with the help of analytics, with the help of a good culture and, and a good organization, I think teams, especially smaller market teams like the Indianas, the Utah Jazz, they're going to have to compete somehow. And I think this is how they're going to do it. And I think the Raptors could actually, while they're not a small market team, I think with no Kawhi Leonard, they can create that blueprint right now. Mm-hmm. That's fair. One minute. Okay. So the thing is that you are you saying. It's contingent on the Raptors winning? No, I'm not saying it's contingent on the Raptors winning. I just think the Raptors have an opportunity to show they that do, there's... But there's they haven't done it yet. No, they haven't. Like I said, there's no, there's, a, there's a, no sample size of it succeeding just because the league has been so reliant on superstars. They, team, I'll say that for my next one. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, so my second argument... I, 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 can, I can see... Uh, parts of your argument with validity, certain uh, uh, such as um, 
good culture, good organizations, of course, and banking on advanced stats, absolutely. But none of those matter without the key to open the lock. And the key to open the lock many times is just having that one superstar. Name one team that hasn't won a... Okay, let me start my timer. Oh. Oh, If you've already started it, keep it going, keep it going. Name one team... No, keep it going. You're making good argument. Keep going. Yeah. Name one team that hasn't won a ring without a superstar in the modern era. I can't think of a single one. If you look at a team like Raptors last year, they had Kawhi Leonard. If you say that he isn't a superstar, then I don't know what the definition of a superstar is anymore. Uh, You look through the past, LeBron James, Steph Curry, um, even guys like Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups. I think they're superstars. I don't think they're not superstars. Like they are very, very talented players. Um, You look at Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Hakeem Olajuwon. They're superstars that wouldn't want to ring for their team. So it's, Interesting that you mentioned the Detroit Pistons because that's the one team that I can think of that didn't have a superstar. I don't think Chauncey Billups is a superstar. I don't think Ben Wallace is a superstar. Ben Wallace is a superstar. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Wait, wait. It's it's my it's my turn to talk. I don't okay. think ben, I think Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups are going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. I don't think they're going to be first ballots. I don't think they should be first ballot guys. But and that's how I define superstar. I think they're both stars. Mm-hmm. And th- and together they were able to somehow beat a really good Laker team. But like you said, every single team, for the most part, is has a superstar carrying the load. And that's because every single team builds their teams around a superstar. We've never had a team actually build its team like through analytics, through like just a bunch of players together with no central superstar figure, you know. So I think when that begins to happen, then we'll see that it's actually capable of being accomplished. Mm-hmm. To this mm-hmm. point, for the majority of the NBA history, you, you've got to build around one, two, or three NBA star, superstars. Once a, a smaller market team is going to have to show that that's not always the case, and I think it can be done. That's fair. See that? But to me, to me, I think... Billups is a superstar. I think Wallace is a superstar. But that's my perspective. But you have higher standards. That's fair. I totally get it. It's all good. But every good argument has a poster boy. Every good campaign has a poster boy. And my poster boy is LeBron James. You look at Cleveland Cavaliers in 2013-2014. They had a 33-49 season with the core, which pretty much the next year was still there. Um but they didn't even make the playoffs that year. The following year, 2014, 2015, they went to a 53-29, went to the finals, lost to the uh, Golden State Warriors. But the following year, they went and won a ring. That's a superstar who propelled them into a championship. And Cleveland Cavaliers, we, they were never really known for the greatest culture or great management. They locked on to some players. But with a superstar, they were able to win a ring. Sure. That's a good argument. I think... With LeBron James, it's hard to go against that because LeBron James is like next level valuable. Like there aren't, it. I think it's remarkable when you take, remove a LeBron James from a team and they lose fifty games. Mm-hmm. Like think that he's his value is that high. Like a, you know, like yeah. in the, for example, in baseball we have war where it's wins above replacement, and like the best player in baseball, like Mike Trout, his war is usually around ten. There's 162 games. So to think that 
LeBron James gets moved from one team to the next and the Cleveland Cavaliers just lose 50 more games, it's incredible. Like Kawhi Leonard left the Raptors and they're, I think they're one game behind their pace last year. And Kawhi Leonard is a superstar. That's something you and I can both agree on. Mm-hmm. But, so okay. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to go deeper into this with more arguments to kind of sway the votes yeah. towards one person or the other. We'll leave it up to the audience. Um, wait, 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 wait. I was I was just talking about your point. So Oh, yes. Oh, I'm sorry about that. So with me, like LeBron James is an obvious outlier because like what he does is incredible. Like a guy like Kawhi Leonard, he left. But Raptors are still going strong, right? So that's why I'm saying I think that if a team starts to build around a different ideology, and the ideology has always been the same in the NBA, it's find a super, superstar and build around him. And obviously it makes life so much easier when you have a superstar, right? But to me, I think with more money to spend across the board, and if we if, say the NBA finds a way to, like, evaluate each player with a number. So say um, Kyle Lowry's worth is five wins, right? If you can build out a team of guys that are worth five wins for less money per guy, than say a guy like LeBron who's worth 10, and then they have to spend less money on the other guys who are worth one, two, two games, wins each, then I think eventually if you put do the math, like you're going to be able to put together a championship team. As long as everyone plays well together, everyone has a role, everyone can play on both sides. Okay, all right then. Yes, sir. Uh, But, uh, yep, no, great point. And uh, a lot of hypotheticals, but uh, I guess that's how progression is made through hypothesis and acting on it and hoping it works out. So I I see your points. We will leave... Uh, both our points up to the poll on our Instagram page, which will be popped up on Thursday evening after the episode drops out and during the daytime. And after the audience listens to it, um, vote whether you need a superstar or whether you don't need a superstar in order to go get a championship. And uh, we will announce the results on next week's episode. Yeah. I, I'll i just say this. I think it would be so cool to be a GM of an NBA team and try to, like, build a team without a superstar and see what you can do. I but, think that would be so yeah. bad because it's so hard to do as well. It's incredibly hard. But How I, I, secure is a certain GM's position in order to be able to do that? Well, it's definitely not secure, but that's why I, I think it has to be like a, a small market team, like a small, small market that will never get a guy like LeBron or Kevin Durant, right? They have to... Uh, mm-hmm. Like I think what the Indiana, like the Indiana Pacers, I think they're so interesting to watch because they're mm-hmm. a small market team and they're, they're deep. They need a few more pieces, but I think they can crack the code eventually if they keep on this pace. They have a good coach, Nick, Nick Nate McMillan. I think they're doing all the right things. I just think they need a little bit more. And obviously, with Victor Oladipo getting hurt, that sucked, right? Yeah. Well, like Demonte Sabonis, he's now the All Star. I think Malcolm Brogdon was like borderline All Star. Miles Turner, if like he just took that next step, like he could have been like crazy good if Victor Oladipo never got injured. Like guys like Warren are really good pieces to have. Like even like a TJ McConnell is a good backup point guard. Um, so like those are the teams like I'm so interested in. You know, like even like 
the Utah Jazz got brought in like Mike Conley and Bogdan Bogdanovich. I don't think Donovan Mitchell is a superstar yet in my mind. I think he has potential to be, but I'm just so interested in seeing those smaller market teams to see if they can piece something together and compete. But if you look, okay, so a few things. Um, a lot of the time, smaller market teams, if they're doing do well, they lock onto a draft pick. And, you know, you pick a guy like Zion or you pick a guy like LeBron. Like Cleveland Cavaliers was a smaller a smaller market team. I mean, they still are. And they got a guy like LeBron. Like you lock into a draft. But that being said, when was the last time other than Cleveland Cavaliers? Like, do you remember that a small market team really made a push for the, uh, the championship? I mean, like. I mean, the Indiana Pacers were in the yeah, but have they won? No, they they didn't win, but they That's, also yeah. I understand. I I completely understand. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not saying you're not wrong, Richard. Like, because yeah. I I would love to be in a world where I see a system work. Yeah. You know, instead of uh, wondering like, where LeBron is going to go and the kind of tide sway towards that team's favor in order for them to win a ring. You know, like when DeMar DeRozan was traded for Kawhi Leonard and you guys, your odds on winning the championship just skyrocketed. Like, I don't want to be in a world where like the highest bidder wins. I want to live in a world where, you know, a good organization wins, where, you know, X's and O's go and win. Having the uh, analytics, which prop them up in order to figure out a good, sort of a team where everybody kind of works in a symbiotic way in order to go and get a championship. That would be ideal, but I, I'm a person who I need to see something in order to b- believe it. And yeah. I have yet to see that. Sure. And it's, I completely agree. That's like, this is why I love working in baseball because like you can have the best player in the world, but there's still so much more that goes into winning games, winning championships. And I think this can translate into basketball. Obviously, it's so much easier to win when you have a LeBron James. And, like, even that Indiana Pacers team that went to the finals, like, they had Reggie Miller, who, while I, I think he's overrated, he was still incredibly, incredibly good. Yeah. I, yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. No. We'll see. I think it's both sides. Interesting, nevertheless. But yeah. uh, before we get to our final segment, uh, Quick reminder, as always, ballandroll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, your spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Kevin, one thing we were talking about yesterday while I was driving down to London to visit my girlfriend was how to define an alpha sports guy. There's always an alpha sports guy in every group of, like, like friend groups, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you guys don't know what that alpha sports guy is, we're going to... Sh- tell you exactly what that alpha sports guy is we're gonna go we're gonna take turns we're gonna take pick four or five things that we believe makes you the, the alpha sports guy in your friend like if you do this stuff and if you know this information you are elite no one will ever ever disagree with you on anything sports related they will know like that's the guy i text when a trade goes down mm-hmm. you know so, well to me, there's more than just the knowledge itself in order to become a alpha sports guy. It's just a high T. You know, yeah. you, you look at the dude and it's like, okay, that guy knows sports. He's just a sports yeah. guy. That, that's just the way it is, right? So um, I'll go with the number one pick. Number one pick, having a retro jersey of a role player of your team. Just having uh, Kyle Swanigan or some just random, random, random player. Uh, uh, their jersey, basically. Or even, like, one of your favorite player players, high school yeah. or college jersey, basically. 
Yeah, that's actually great. And, it's, and it has to be like a player that most people don't know about. It's like a maybe like 10, 15 years ago. And that's not like, like a one Chris brand. Duhon. Yeah, like a Chris Duhon. Yes, Kevin. Or yes. <laughs> okay. Um, my next, my first one is you got to know where they went to college. The alma mater yeah. sells. You don't need to know anything about what they do in the league. But the second somebody brings up an athlete's name and you're like, oh, yeah, Oklahoma guy. Oh, yeah, Ohio State. You're automatically alpha. You know exactly. Like, people know, okay, we can't fuck with you. Trey Young, Oklahoma. Greg Oden, <laughs> Ohio State. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, Texas A&M. You know? Yeah. When this stuff happens, like, you got to know. And when, if you know the college, you're a sports guy. Yeah. Even, so, even if you're able to say D1, D2, D3, even if you do that, that counts. That counts. Yeah. That's always good. Uh, with my next pick, I'm going to go with remembering draft spots or stats or MVP year, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, any awards that you received uh, uh, that the uh, that the player in question has received. You're able to kind of bring it out of memory. You're a sports guy. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think I, I kind of mentioned this like when I was previewing this topic, but if you're the friend that people text, when a trade goes down, it's like, what do you think of this trade? What do you think of this free agent signing? You're the sports guy. You're the token sports guy in the group when you're the one who's, who your friends are coming to for questions because hey, your opinion matters. That's facts. facts. Um, let's see. Next one would be a dude that's like fully immersed in a game. Like when you're watching from home uh, on the TV and you're, you're with friends and everything like that and you yell like you yell boards when um, there's a missed shot or like you yell box out or like watch out for that screen or even mm-hmm. you know when somebody gets hurt you take a knee in your living room like that's sports <laughs> guy to me <laughs> yeah, especially that last one when you take a knee you gotta hand or, your beer off to your you know your friend and be like yo i gotta take a knee man there are so many times when there's like an injury that happens and I am like on the floor on my knees, just like with my head and my hands on my, on my head. He's going like, Oh my God, I am on the court with him. You know, you empathize, like, you truly yeah. empathize there. Um, exactly. Um, my number three pick would be every, like for the most part, people know the names of the players, mm-hmm. right? Like obviously, like it gets a little more like psychotic when you know the names of players like from 20 years ago. But like in today's game, when you watch like the Raptors consistently, you know the names of the players. Mm-hmm. Alpha sports guys take it a step further when they know the names of the referees or yep. the umpires. That's that's when it gets like you know the guys who are officiating the games. Like you call out if there's a bad play, you're like Joey Crawford. What are you doing, Angel Landis? Was a strike. Yeah. When you when you when you can call out the referees, mm-hmm. you win. Dude, Ken Maurer, Joey Crawford, these are the guys, man. These are the legends. And of course, there was Tim Donahue, a yeah. guy. Well, yeah, guy. he was a guy. We don't really like to talk about him much in the mm-hmm. NBA no. world, but uh, no, I totally agree. And especially Crawford's that uh, the run and charge, the run mm-hmm. and the call. It's all, it's iconic. It's iconic. One of the greatest calls from a referee. Great pick. Um, my next and my last one is uh, knowing what other sports that player played in college or high school. 
You know, you look at a guy like Tom Brady, it's like, oh, yeah, Tom Brady, greatest basketball, I mean, greatest uh, football player that we know of. Uh, he was also drafted into baseball. You know, Zion Williams said he played football. LeBron played football. Like, knowing that, that you're a sports guy then. Yeah. I And I guess for my last one, it would be remembering moments from games from, like, years ago. You know, yes. somebody is like, for example, like somebody brings up Maurice, Maurice Peterson, which I, in 2020, I don't know why anybody would bring up Maurice Peterson. But as I was growing up, a huge Raptor fan, like Maurice Peterson was like one of my favorite players. And I will always remember that one game where clock's coming down, Raptors are losing. They were like coming back from like a 20 point deficit and a Washington Wizards player throws the ball up in the air after catching the rebound. Morris Peterson gets the ball and <laughs> heaves it from half court, hits the, hits the shot at the buzzer, Raptors go into overtime, win that game. But, like, the guys who, like, remember these moments from, like, games from years ago, like, knowing, like, who won the championship or the moments that happened in all these games, you're an alpha sports guy. Because you don't only, whenever anyone's like, hey, do you know this player? I'm like, yeah, I know this player because... I, I even remember how he did this 15 years ago. Yes. There we go. That's to follow this. These are the guidelines to follow in, in order to become a high T sports guy. And if you can do all of this with like holding a beer in your hand and eating chicken wings. Make sure it's not light. It has to be diesel. No, it has to be diesel. Strictly diesel. Strictly diesel. If you do this, like that's a, you're the guy. Like, yeah. like there's, it's, we see this too much in the world today where there are friend groups and there are like guys and or girls in certain friend group friend groups who don't have an identity. You don't want to that person with no identity. You have to cling on to something. So why not cling on to being the alpha sport? Yeah. Or else you'd be the weird beer pong guy. I mean, when you're like 34 years old, you don't want to be that guy or worse. You can be that guy at the party who's just standing there against the wall Acting, trying to act cool, like checking his phone every two seconds, even though you're not getting any text messages and pretending like you're texting. Yeah, I feel personally attacked on that one. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, okay. On that note, we should wrap this up. We should wrap this up. We should wrap this up. Okay. Um, that was fun though. Uh, yeah, we'll man. be next week, as we always are. Um, by the way, it's we're recording on June 23rd, dude. The Mayans are wrong. I mean. I don't know, man. I feel like tomorrow someone's going to come up with like, oh, we made a mistake in this calendar and we forgot that it was another day and then the world ends tomorrow. I would not be surprised. I'm and just, also the day hasn't been ended. I'm, I'm just saying, though, the Mayans are frauds. I don't know about that. They created a calendar. They created some pyramids. They had some human sacrifices and shit like that. I think they were like, they were really progressive for their times. Well, okay. That's cool. But we're still here. We're still waiting. Yeah, yeah. And be, and as long as we stay on this earth, be sure to stay locked in to ballandroll.com for your for the best basketball con on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, your spot for the hot basketball merch on the web. I'm Rich. He's Kevin. We'll be back next week. Until then, peace. Peace.